When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. beloved welcome to another chapter of the book of sean it's good to see you thank you for tuning in i got an amazing show for you tonight my sister michelle mccain is here she's here to talk about this look at her look at her look at her look at her beautiful isn't she beautiful i'm so glad to have her here tonight and she is here to help us think through talk about learn again listen again to what life is like after divorce what dating is like after divorce right you know, because after, after you've had love and it's, it's fallen apart, how do you get back out there? How do you put yourself back in the position where your heart is vulnerable and exposed to people again, right? And I can't wait to listen to her story and her journey because in listening to her, all of us have a chance to speak and all of us have a chance to learn about how you handle love at a different stage of life, okay? Because we all ain't 18 and 20 no more, okay, people? <laughs> we ain't 20 no more. Most of us are a little older than that. And when you're a little older than that, you got some ups and some downs, some twists and some turns. And yet, the desire to love and to be loved, sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. But how do you do, how do, you do it smarter this time? That's what we're going to talk about, all right? Anyway, we're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean. We didn't get a chance to do Ask Dr. Sean the last time we were together. But I promise you, we're going to do some Ask Dr. Shaw today, and we're always going to start with some headlines. I can't wait to talk to my sister. I'm so glad you're here. Highly play the bumper, man. So let's talk about a little something that we call jaywalking. In the state of California, Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a law that takes effect in January 1st, where you will no longer be fined for jaywalking. Stay with me, people. <laughs> Under the new law, pedestrians will be able to legally cross outside of the designated intersection without threat of citation or fines unless there's immediate danger of having a collision with a moving vehicle. Yes. And you know why I'm bringing this story up? Because I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> I was not born and raised in California. I was born and raised in New York City. And in New York City... Everybody jaywalks. Matter of fact, if you stand at the corner and wait at the crosswalk for the light to change, we think something's wrong with you. <laughs> when, I, when I moved to California and people used to stand at the crosswalk, I used to say, what the hell is wrong with you people? Cross the street. I'm just saying, it is about time that we have some New York energy coming to California. And thank you, Governor Gavin Newsom, for liberating people from the bondage of the crosswalk. <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> Michelle, you have to laugh at my jokes. It's a rule of the show. If I crack a joke, you got to laugh at it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go, my sister. <laughs> so listen, listen, listen. If you, if you find all the people in New York who jaywalked, two-thirds of the city would be in court every, twice a week because everybody in New York does it. It's just part, it's part of living in the city. I've traveled around the world, okay? I've been to Africa, I've been to Asia, I've been to Europe. And one of, my, one of my favorite cities is London. And if you go to London, everybody in London obeys all the traffic laws. Nobody jaywalks, all the pedestrian rules. Everybody in London follows it. You go to Paris, same thing, okay? Now, here's what I've noticed. I'm going somewhere, people. You know I always go somewhere. Here's what I've noticed. <clears throat> I've been to Lagos. Abuja, I've been to Nairobi, I've been to Accra in Ghana, and if, and, and if you compare Europe with Africa, Europe follows all the traffic laws and all the pedestrian laws, and Africa, they don't follow none of them. <laughs> Matter of fact, if you take a cab 
from the airport in Lagos to the Marriott in Lagos, it'll deepen your prayer life. You will be praying to whatever God you believe in because the drive is so crazy. But here's what I've noticed. Y'all ready for it? We about to go left. Stay with me, people. In Africa, they don't follow none of the damn traffic laws. But when they meet strangers, they greet them with kindness and openness and love and food. You go to Europe, they follow all the traffic laws. Ain't nobody breaking none of the pedestrian laws. But when they meet strangers, they take their country and put the people in bondage. Here's the point I'm making. I'd rather you break the traffic laws. <laughs> you, know that, you know that was funny, 2-3. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about Donald Trump because any day, you know, no day is actually complete until we have at least one Donald Trump story of him messing somebody over. And as soon as I found this story, I said I had to bring it to you because this is what we do. So when Donald Trump left the White House, he signed a multi-million dollar deal with the company uh, that would help him uh, get paid speeches after, you know, his presidency is over, which is common for former presidents, by the way. Uh, the company is called the American Freedom Tour, and it struck a multi-million dollar deal with Trump. And uh, here's the problem. As a result of signing that deal, the company has lost two top executives. It's canceled events <laughs> and it's not paying its bills, <laughs> as is the case for almost everything that is connected to Donald Trump. So most of the events that the group had planned have all been canceled. Most of the vendors have not been paid. Most of the investors have not been paid. Only one person has been paid. Take a guess about who's been paid. Who's the one person who's been paid in this whole multi-million dollar deal? I'm going to let you say it. Donald Trump. <laughs> he got paid. He got his money first. But everybody else, he could care less about it. So I'm not bringing you this story because I like to beat up on Donald Trump, although I do. I'm bringing you this story because we need to refresh what Dr. Maya Angelou taught all of us through Oprah. What did Dr. Maya Angelou say? Let's all say it together. When people show you who they are, what? Believe them. See, I, I don't have sympathy for a company that signs a contract with somebody who has violated every contract that they ever signed. I don't have sympathy for people who know what somebody is capable of and yet you decide to connect with that person anyway because you believe in some fantastical thinking, some romantic thinking that all of a sudden they're going to be better because they with you. Can I help you? Can I help you? Nobody's that cute. <laughs> Nobody's that sexy that your sexy is going to change somebody's nature. I'm cooking with hot grease on here today. I'm, I'm just trying to tell you. You, and I'm not saying you ain't sexy and you ain't cute and you ain't handsome. You, you, you could be voluptuous. My sister, my brother, you can have big feet. And you know what I mean? I'm just saying, ain't nobody that wonderful where you're going to change somebody's nature just because you're around. When people show you who they are, you have a moral obligation to believe what they show you, to believe their presentation. Do you know why? Because they know themselves better than you. I've I, I had people on this show, by the way, I, I, listen, I've had people on this show who had other people tell them that they weren't nothing. Like the person they were trying to be with told them, I ain't nothing. And then the other person dated them anyway. <laughs> what in the world? If somebody comes into your life and tells you, you know I'm a liar, right? Or you know I can't be faithful, right? Or I've cheated on everybody that I've ever been with. And you still get with them? Come on, people. So, listen, I have no sympathy for this company because you can't get mad at a snake for biting you, right? Donald Trump, Donald Trump does what he, he always does. He doesn't pay his bills and he gets over on everybody. So it just goes to show you that you can't ignore what people are presenting and bringing into your space. Observe the practices and the patterns of, people, of the people in your life. And when those practices and those patterns fossilize and make themselves real, don't act like you don't see what you saw. Don't act like you don't hear what you heard. You follow me? Don't act like people didn't do exactly what they did. Because the movie in your head is going to cost you a lot of pain.
All right, Dr. Sean. Hot grease, Michelle. <laughs> like I love this story. I love this story. So this story is going to make you smile, okay? And um, I am obviously, uh, the, the, my mom died in 2015. Um, and so I had a strong and powerful connection to my mother. And this story is exactly the kind of story that would have, if, if, if me and my mom had been in this situation, the same thing would have happened. Let me give you the story. So with all of the devastation that's happened with Hurricane Ian in Florida, uh, we've heard of uh, all of the tragedy, all of the loss. And we're still praying for the people of Florida because of what happened there uh, just a few days ago, actually. But as is, as is the case in most tragedies, there are stories of great loss, but there's also stories of great heroism. People doing extraordinary things and showing extraordinary acts of courage. And this story is one of those stories. Johnny Louder, check this out, swam a half mile in neck deep, rapidly moving water so that he could get to his 84-year-old mother in Naples, Florida. He swam to her home and pulled her out of the home that she was trapped in because of the debris that had her trapped in her house. Johnny and his family lost their home and their cars, but he was determined not to lose his mother. And he swam a half mile in rapidly moving water filled with dangerous debris to save his mama. Karen Lauder is her name, and we are so grateful that Johnny was able to save her from being trapped in her home. Okay, when I tell you I absolutely love this story, I mean to suggest that I absolutely love this story. And let me tell you why. I'm big on love, as all of you know that. And I'm telling you, love will make you do things and empower you to do things that nothing else can. When you love somebody, I mean, when you love somebody, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a strong case of like or a strong case of lust. That ain't love. Like, love, and lust are not the same things. I'm talking about when you love somebody, not because of what they do for you, but because of who they are and what they represent in the universe, when you love somebody, you will swim <laughs> through neck deep water to make sure that they're okay. How about the whole church says amen together? I'm, I'm just saying, man, that's why I love this story. Because people always ask me, Dr. Sean, Dr. Sean, how do I know it's love? How do I know he loves me? How do I know she loves me? Will he swim through neck deep water? a half mile to get you out the house? Will she swim through neck deep water a half mile to get you out the house? If the answer is no, then no, they don't love you. They like you. They think you cute. <laughs> they think you got a really nice smile and they like your body. But no, love, write this down people, love is the willingness to sacrifice for somebody else. Not because of what they do for you, but because of who they are and that you've determined that their presence is so powerful and so indispensable that you could not imagine another night or a day or a morning without you being able to have access to the genius that represents who they are. Now that's some love. And I'm just saying, everybody that I know, I I'm gonna wager to say, Michelle, Dr. Sean, my man two, three, we would all do the same things for our mama. If I found out that my mama was trapped in the house, hurricane be damned. <laughs> I don't care what the natural, natural disaster is, I'm going to get my mama. Are you feeling me? And, and, and you know how black folk, black and brown folks, and white folks apparently from this story, are about our mamas. You, you can do a lot of things, but don't you talk about my mama. <laughs> don't you mess with my mama. See, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of love that will make you swim through things that made other people run away. That's what I want for everybody. I want you to know what that is. And it's not always romantic, right? People think that, you know, I don't have love. Yes, you do. See, not, not all love has to be romantic. Some of the love that you have in your life comes from the people who've known you your whole life. And instead of poo-pooing about the love you don't have, you ought to celebrate the love that you do. Parents, siblings, children, nieces, nephew, cousins, all of that. See, there are a lot of things 
there are a lot of people, there are a lot of things and a lot of people who don't understand one very basic thing about the whole predicament of love is that when you love somebody and they're in trouble, everything in you compels you to do everything you can to get them out. All right, I got one more for you and then I'm done. Then I'm gonna talk to Michelle, <laughs> who's here tonight. All right, so Governor Gavin Newsom has been signing some very interesting laws lately. I mentioned uh, the law he just signed on jaywalking, but here's another interesting law that he signed, all right? Um, he signed a law that, 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 that will from now on will decriminalize rap lyrics. So the law is called the Decriminalizing Artistic Expression Act, which means that you can no longer in California use the lyrics of a rap artist against him or her in trial. We all should be clapping, right? You're not clapping. You should be clapping. He's clapping now. I'm just saying, Michelle is clapping. I'm clapping too. And to me, it's almost common sense, right? I mean, how can you use somebody's art against them in a trial? They're rap lyrics. A rap lyric isn't a sworn testimony that somebody made in a court, right? Or, or in front of a, or in front of a, what do you call it, a, a notary public? It's a rap lyric. It's fiction. You think half these rappers are doing half the things that they say in these songs? No. No. I, I can call names of rappers who, who, who have lyrics of the living a certain way only to discover that that's not how they grew up. <laughs> you know, Ice Cube. <laughs> I mean, I, and I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying it's art, people. It's art. You should not be able to use somebody's art against them in a trial. It's ridiculous. And yet, we have Young Thug, right, and Gunna in Georgia. Their, their lyrics are being used against them in an actual real trial. I'm so glad the state of California has decided that you can't do this anymore, okay? Shout out to Gavin Newsom for having common sense and giving us legislation that's rooted in common sense. And for all of you who think that all these lyrics you hear from your favorite rappers is exactly what's going on, you need to grow up. Stop being naive. It's just music, okay? It's just, what did Eddie Murphy say? It's just jokes. <laughs> it's just music. That's all it is. And nobody should be able to use your art against you in a court of law. All right. Didn't that feel good? <laughs> we'll be right back with my sister, Michelle McCain. We're going to talk about dating after divorce, people. All right? Dating after anything is an arduous task, especially after divorce. Stick around. This is going to be good. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. So, as promised, I, I want to have this discussion tonight in, in all of the beauty and in all of the aspiration and hope that it deserves. Because my guest tonight, here's what I believe. I believe that after you have come through a storm and you still believe uh, that, you, that there are great things that are going to happen for you and you still believe in love, then you are an extraordinary soul. <laughs> because most people give up on the things that disappoint them. But when you still believe and you're still reaching, I have all the respect in the world for you. That's how I feel about my guest tonight. Welcome to the show, Michelle McCain. Hey, Michelle. Hi. <laughs> thank you for being on tonight. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Good, 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 good. Well, you look great. I hope you, I hope you feel as good as you look. And, and, and um, you, you're, you're interesting in so many ways. And I can't wait for people to get to know and hear your story. Um, so here's how I want to pick it up. You, you were married, you've been divorced. Um, and now what did all that teach you about yourself? I, and I'm not asking about the relationship that you came out of. I don't even care about that. What, what, what I want to know is what did you learn about you coming through all of that? Um, well, I learned that I put in a relationship, I put the relationship first before myself, mm. like before my needs. Um, and I think it's probably because the way I was raised, I feel like a lot of black people were raised to, you know, don't be selfish, help, every, help your family. And it's like, first, you, you know, like when you're on the airplane and they say, if it's a, um, an issue and the, the air thing comes down, help yourself first, then help others. And we're not taught that. And we're not taught self-love. So I've learned that self-love is so important. 
um, and you just feel better about yourself, people treat you differently when they see that you love yourself. Mm. So I think the main thing that I've learned is how important self-love is. It's not selfish. You have to look out for yourself first. And it's okay to tell people no. It's okay to not do everything that people want you to do if you don't want to do it. And you're not selfish or a bad person for that. I love that. I, I, lo- I love everything that you just said. And I affirm it 100%. But here's my question. Assess yourself. Why, okay. do you, why do you think you didn't know that before? Because I never had time with myself alone. Mm. I've always went from relationship to relationship. I never just had a time. Like, I always was okay with being alone, but I always was in a relationship. You know what I mean? Because it's a difference when you're just alone and you're not dating. You're not, you know, sexual with anyone. You're just with you. And it's just all about you. That's a very different way to be with yourself. And when you do you know, spirituality too, my spirituality got a lot stronger because like I said, I focused on me and I focused on the things that I needed to do for myself. I didn't have anybody. Like, I feel like when I'm dating, men are very, or, or just, I, I don't know, they're very uh, needy. They always want time. They always, you know, I'm like, whoa, can I do my thing? And I realized that, you know what? I need to step back because also maybe I'm attracting a certain type of guy because of what I'm giving off. Mm, that, that, that's wise that's wise and it's also in, in, in some sense for all of us it's probably the case right because we we draw what it is we're putting out there um mm-hmm. no it, it's it's uh thank you for that I, I i love i love your ability to think about yourself critically right and to mm-hmm. understand yourself at, 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 a, at a very profound level and so wait, it, that, that makes me want to ask you this if if, if someone said that one of the most important parts of being in a relationship is being single. What would you say to that? Um, I, I would agree because you have to have, you have to be able to be with you, do things for yourself. If you always need to be, while you're in a relationship, you always need to be with that person or that means that you're depending on them. And that may not be a healthy relationship for you. Cause I don't want to say, oh, it's a toxic relationship. Just, you know, call that out. But it may not be an ideal situation for you if you always are depending on that person. Now, that person could be amazing and great. And you just always want to be with them. Yeah, I understand that. But you do have to have time for yourself and always stay true to who you are. Because a lot of women, including myself, say, I lost myself in that relationship. I lost myself and, you know, because I just didn't think about me. So, you know, your question or, you know, is about being single in a relationship, it's like, yeah, you have to still do stuff for yourself and don't forget what you like, who you are and what you want. Yeah, yeah, no, I affirm that. I affirm that. So you, you are in the process of being engaged in the act or the desire of dating again, right? You're putting yourself back out there, having come through being married, having come through being divorced. Now now you're about to engage in, in dating again. Okay, so here's my question. Are you feeling confident about that? Are you feeling insecure about that? Are you feeling disappointed about that? How do you feel about where you are? I feel disappointed. It's different. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't know because now there's dating apps. Of course, dating apps have kind of been around loosely for a while, but now it's like dating apps are prevalent. When I talk to my girlfriends, I'm like, how are you dating or what's, you know, going on? And they're like, oh, dating apps. Or they're like, a friend met a really nice guy. I'm like, I can't do that. I need a reference. I need somebody to vouch for this person. <laughs> Even if they met their mama, they need to know something where they, you know, where their baby mama lives, mama lived. <laughs> but I need to know something because just to go on the app, I'm like, they could be a serial killer. Mm. You know? So I'm like, that it, it, it's hard. It's hard. And then what I feel like men are, are um, the women have spoiled it for us and made it where men, like if you're not twerking, they're, they're, they're uninterested. You're not fun. You're not, you're boring. Uh, they want excitement. And it's just like, no. <laughs> okay. I'm not twerking. Yeah, they want to see it. Like people will tell me, um, let me, cause I'm like, I don't get DMs. Right. I'm like, I would like my DM to be popping with some good ones. I get some, but I'm like, come on, you know, I wouldn't date you. But you just like, I'm going to just do it anyway because, you know, hey, she just might respond back. And I'm like, no, we're not going there. So I'm like, my DMs are not popping. Why is it? And I, and people are like, let me see your Instagram. And they're like, oh, because you you're not showing no skin. You're not. You don't have any pictures that are saying 
basically thirst trap pictures or like mm. come get me i'm available i'm like i think i'm still kind of portraying this married woman mm. you know so i'm like well how do i you know do i take a a, a sleeve off and just you know show a little shoulder or what but i don't want to take away from my morals and values because i still have them i'm not going to drop them just to date mm. now, now that that everything you just set up is is a very interesting proposition because if I heard you correctly, you're saying that one of the things that seems to be holding you back from having the dating experience you want is the fact that you are you 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 have a certain modesty about you. You're not you're not you know you're not on Instagram showing a lot of flesh and as you put it, just twerking and carry it on. Um, so 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 how does it feel to have decency and integrity? But to be out in a market that doesn't value that. I feel like I'm being counted out. You know, like I'm not even in the ranks. You know, it's like, and I feel like it's unfair because I'm a good woman. You know, I, I, I thought that that's what men liked. You know, modesty, you're not loose. But now it's like, shh, they like, show me what you got for a pork chop. No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's just like, um, it's, it's just not fair. It's like you're, you're, you're uh, in a battle and you can't win. Okay, you know, Michelle, I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit, okay? I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you a little bit, all right? Just just trust your brother, but I'm going to push you. What's, okay. what's wrong with a little twerking on the gram? Well, I mean, what's, what's, what's wrong, you know, with, 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 with um, some more revealing photos? Like, I can send that to my man. I just feel like everything is not for everybody because then that lowers who I am. Like I'm not the worth that I have. If everybody can see it, then it's like, it's not special and I'm special and I'm going to keep that. I'm not going to change it for anybody. Um, now I'm like, I do need to learn how to twerk though. You <laughs> <laughs> need to learn how to twerk. You know what I mean? Because you never know when you need to pull out those twerking skills. I'm, but just, I'm just saying, wanna, you never know, right? I don't want to be forced to have to do it. Mm. You know, like, it's like, oh, you, you're not twerking? Oh, psh, that's why your DM is not popping. Wait, what? Okay. So, so, so if, if I hear you correctly, you're not prudish. You're not, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not like ice cold and you don't want to have anything to do with, you know, letting yourself go or that's not you, right? No, no. I'm with the, you know, I'm with it. But I'm like, I don't want to be forced to have to do it. I'm old school. It's like with, you know, a lady in the streets and a freak in the bed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, get let me have the option. It's like, no, we need to see you turned up. You need to be lit at all times, especially on the Internet. And so and so what, what I hear you saying is that that's the position that you feel men are putting women in now. Yes, because I, I feel like, especially on social media, all the women are like, they're doing, you know, this, they do it. I feel like that the women are forced to, um, they're like, first of all, have to be perfect because of Photoshop. So they're portraying these like big butts, big breasts, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So then men are like, okay, well, since she's doing that, you should be doing it too, because I can just go on Instagram and it's like a dating app in itself. They could just, you know, swipe and see who they want and go through and DM women. And they're like, hey, okay, they're excited about a DM. And so then it just keeps going. And it's the keeps, it, it keeps being a circle that they just keep, you know, just going to different girls. They look perfect. They look, you know, uh, I guess, what was that cartoonish? look mm-hmm. and i know men can be very like um you know they they like uh to fantasize they we, like to fantasize and they like stuff you know to be, but that's not the reality and they're forcing that on women because that's what women are showing but they're doing it because they think that that's what men are expecting and that's what they need to do to keep up and then they're really competing with other women yeah yeah you know because the men i don't think necessarily like they don't create like, okay, you should do this to your body. You should do this. You know, they don't really create that. Women do. Like with clothes and dressing. You know, that's kind of like a woman's thing. You have some men who are stylish and into that, but they don't really know. They just like 
show me something and they, they get excited about the smallest thing. So it's not hard to impress them, but I think uh, women are doing so much to impress them that it's making it hard for other women. Wow, you know, that's actually interesting. I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question that I want you to answer on the other side of, 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 of the break. Have, have you ever felt pressured to have you know anything done to your body or have anything uh, uh, to wear a certain thing? You ever felt that pressure where you almost did something? Yeah, well, I thought about a BBL. Now, I didn't need it in the butt, but you know, a little lipo, because I'm like, nowadays it's about look perfection and they want you to look like the best. So it's like, I've had two children. My body looks good and I work out, but it's like trying to work out, trying to raise children, and then also trying to do the things you need to do for your career, it's like, wait a minute, I don't have enough time to do that. So, you know, with our society now, looking perfect is very important or being slim, that flat stomach. You could be big everywhere else, but as long as that stomach is tight and flat, then it's like, okay, you fine, or you bad, or they're trying to talk to you. So I have thought about it, but I'm always gonna go back to who I really am, you know, that I'm real. So I'm like, um, I don't know that I want to do that or go through that just because other people are making me feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we're, we're going to talk more about this on the other side. Don't you go anywhere uh, because this is what it's like, right? I mean, Michelle has given us a real honest account of what it's like to try to find love out there when people are comparing you to what they see on social media. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to my sister, Michelle McCain. So, Michelle, let me ask you a question, because one of the things that I've noticed about you in this conversation is that you have a certain groundedness to you. Um, what keeps you grounded and what are you grounded in? First of all, I'm grounded in truth. Um, and what keeps me grounded is being real to myself and my spirituality. Um, I really spend a lot of time on reflection and making sure that I stay true to who I am and what I believe in. Um, a friend sent me a really good video about standards mm. a couple of days ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it, what basically it was saying is that if you have certain standards and people don't respect that, or they laugh at it, or they, you know, say, it's, you know, something wrong, their intentions weren't probably ideal for you anyway. Yeah. Because a person should respect your standards. If they don't respect your standards, then they're not, a person you need to deal with or be around. Yeah. You know? And, and let, let, let me add to what your friend said. A person who doesn't respect your standards also probably is someone who doesn't have any standards themselves. So, 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 so they're not familiar with dealing with someone, including themselves, that operates out of principle and not just in the, in the desperate search for pleasure. See, that, that's why I wanted to talk to you tonight, because you represent someone who has made a decision um, to act, to act, to, to try to find a relationship based upon principle and not mm -hmm. just the need for pleasure. There are a lot of people about watching right now who, for whom pleasure is the only thing that matters and that's what drives them. But here's what I always say. You can tell the end from the beginning. If your relationship started out with someone just wanting, you know, just wanting your flesh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then, then that's what it's going to be because that's what it's built on. It wasn't built on anything substantive or spiritual or kindness. It was built on, I thought you were sexy. You thought I was sexy. So now we having sex. Yes. And because I, even with dating, I can feel that when a guy is not interested in me. But then it's like, so what you doing to, you know, tonight? Are we going, we going, I'm coming with you. It's like, no, you're not. You don't even know me. What's my middle name? <laughs> you know, it is like, no, I don't, I, I'm noticing that too, like men are more uh, forthright about, you know, wanting sex. And I think because some women are just like, that's all I want too. And I'm like, no, my body is a temple and it's more precious to me than just giving it to you because I don't, I don't know if I'm going to know you or want to know you in a month, Yeah, you know? And so it's not about like, oh, you're trying to act funny or whatever. It's about, I respect myself. And I love myself. And why would I just give my body to you just because you want it? That's not enough for me. Mm. See, that part right there. That's not enough for me. And, and, and the most powerful part of that sentence is for me. Because every individual has to know what it is we stand for and what it is we're willing to do and not do, right? 
uh, that, that, that will put us in positions either to have love or to have or, and accept something less than that. So let me ask you this. What kind of man do you want? Well, first of all, I want a provider. I don't want to go Dutch. <laughs> That's first of all. I'm like, that is not it. Um, I want someone who's funny, adventurous, who likes to have a good time and is smart. Um, they said, what is that, sapiosexual, when someone turns you on or you're attracted them, to them because they're smart, because mm-hmm. of their brain? Oh, oh, my gosh, I love that. Like, feed me with knowledge. I like someone who knows, you know, what's going on. They're hip, but also they have morals and values, and they respect themselves, and they're just not giving themselves to everyone. Like, mm-hmm. if everybody can get a piece, then you prob- it's probably not much to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that that's, that's pretty much it. It's somebody, of course, successful. I love that. I love that. Are, are, are you looking to be married again or do you just want to have a good time, companionship? Eventually, I do want to get married again. Okay. Eventually. okay. But like I said, remember, it's about me, Dr. Sean, right now. I need to focus on me and my career. You know, it, like I said, I, I've always gone from relationship to relationship. So now it's like, let me spend time with me. Yeah. You know, and someone can come along and they respect that, then we're good. But, yeah. you know, we can see. No, no. I, listen, I, I totally affirm that 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 methodology, because um, um, the scriptures say he who finds a wife finds a good thing. But what most people miss is that she was a wife when he found her. It was not the dress or the ring or the reception that made her a wife. She mm-hmm. was a wife before she had a husband. She was a wife before she had bridesmaids because she had done the work to transform herself in, into that identity, to take on that way of being in the world. And that's what I hear you doing, is to say, I need this time to make sure that I am something before I'm in something. Come yeah. on, Dr. Sean. <laughs> All right, Dr. Sean. <laughs> so, so, okay, let's, 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 let's do this real quick. And I, I'm running out of time, but I wanna do this real quick with you, okay? And we, okay. and we do this on the show sometimes, and it's called, Which Would You Rather Have? It's a little segment that we're going to start doing. Go, which okay. would you rather have? I'm going to do it with you. Okay. You, you've answered this first one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Which would you rather have, a provider or someone who's emotionally available? Provider. Okay. Which would you rather have, a good listener or a man who can cook? Listener, good listener. Which would you rather have, a man with a good heart or an amazing body? Good heart. Which would you rather have? A man who has had no real life experiences or a man who has been through something and come out on the other side? Who has been through something and come out on the other side? Mm. They're going to appreciate they're going to appreciate life more and me as well. Mm. Yes. So here's my last one. And this relates to you, not to men. Which would you rather have the you that you were before you were married and divorced or the you that you are now? The, the me that I am now. And tell me what's amazing about her. Um, she knows who she is more and more each day and she's not afraid to live in her truth. No matter what people think. Mm, Yeah. Listen, you are right with me, Michelle. You, you (laughs) are all right with me. And, and I, listen, I wish you love. I think I, I think I think you're going to find exactly what you want and you're going to find exactly what you're looking for. And I just believe that when you stand on principle and that when and when you're trying to be virtuous in a certain area of your life, that it's going to pay off. And, and let and let, let all these other people have all these other people that just want to see them twerking on Instagram, you know, with they with they back out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. let, let them have that because most of that won't last a month anyway. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, but when you're doing what I think you're trying to do, and that is to create a lifetime of love and, and have a new legacy with, with respect to love, you're doing it the right way. So all, my, my only advice to you is to be, is to be not weary and well-doing. Keep doing what you're doing and believe that it's going to work. How about that? Yes. And when it's time, it will happen. Okay. Listen. My work is done. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle, you got to yeah. <laughs> come back and see me, okay? Yes, of course, I will. Yeah, no, you're amazing. You're amazing. Listen, everybody, I got, I got a couple of aha moments from this conversation. We'll talk about that after the break. But listen, y'all pray for her, root for her, and she and I will be rooting for you. Love's going to happen, people. It's going to find you. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back, everybody. Michelle is a wonderful spirit, right? Just a great presence. And I'm really happy and proud of her growth and evolution as she is becoming more and more every day the woman she always wanted to be. And that's kind of what I got from that conversation is that what we are at one stage of our lives may have nothing to do with what we will become at another stage. And if we give ourselves a chance to grow, to evolve, to mature, we might just impress ourselves. That last, that last question that I asked her, which, which version of herself would she rather have? She chose the latter version, the current version, because that is a better representation of the woman she knows herself to be capable of. And that's my prayer for everybody, is that as we grow, as we live, as we move, we are moving closer to what we always wanted to be. And if that's not your truth, if that's not your journey, then you have the opportunity and the right to change directions right now. If you're not becoming more of what you always wanted to be, then it's up to you to make sure that something different happens. Love is never easy. It's especially never easy after divorce. It's never easy when divorce isn't even in the picture. Love just ain't easy. But the thing I love about Michelle, and I love about you, and I love about everybody who continues to believe in it, is that you don't condemn the principle and the practice of love because of what someone did to you in the name of love. Because a lot of what people give us isn't love. It's some cheap version of something else. Because love, when it is love, and it truly is rooted in love, it's not here to hurt you. <laughs> All right, let's do some Ask Dr. Sean, people. Play the bumper, highly. <sighs> you guys always send me amazing videos. Today is no different. Let's take a look at this one. Hi, Dr. Sean. I'm Jamie from Ohio. So I needed some advice. So my mom wants me to get my daughter baptized, but I feel like that's the parent's decision to make. So how do I let her down without making her feel like I'm against church? Interesting question. Um, I agree with you. That is that it's the parent's prerogative to decide if uh, your child or their child is going to be baptized. Grandparents always have their wishes and their whims and things that they want to happen. But at the end of the day, that child belongs to you and you get to make that decision. I don't think it's about letting someone down. I think it's about being clear about what you are willing to do and not do at this particular season or stage of your life and your parenting. And I think it's an important opportunity for you to sort of set a boundary and a barrier for your mom or your dad or whoever the parent may be so that they understand that what they want will not automatically be manifested in the life of your child. See, they're grandparents. They're not parents. They had their shot to be parents. And, and, and that happened to be with respect to raising you. Now you get to have the same Claire Blanche and the same responsibility and rights that they had when they were raising you. Here's what I would say to my mom or to my dad if they had a, a real strong uh, feeling about something they wanted me to do with my child, what I would say to them is, tell me why that's important to you. Tell me why you value that, right? I would listen to what they have to say, and I would say to them, I'm going to consider everything that you've said to me and factor it in to the decision that I make. But I want you to know that it is my decision, and I will make that decision based upon everything that I've heard from you and everything that I believe to be in the best interest of my child. That's what I would say. And that allows you to make your parent feel like they've been heard, to make your parent feel like what they believe and value is of value to you, but ultimately you maintain and you retain the right to make that decision yourself. You see, this is the chance for you to grow from being a child of your parent to being an adult child of your parent. Because the first time you're able to tell your parents no with respect to your children, in some sense becomes the first time they have to see you in a different light. So this is really an opportunity. You're no longer a kid. You're no longer a little girl. You are a woman. You are, you are an adult child of your parent who now has your own children. And so this is the opportunity for you to own all of that to stand up in the beauty and the power and the authority of all of that 
and deposit yourself in a different way. And once you do that, people who love you will love you. And people who respect you will respect you as you respect yourself. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Somebody DM'd me this question. My boyfriend and I recently had a baby, and he's demanding a DNA test. He claims that he trusts me, but he wants to make sure the baby is his. I'm offended. Am I wrong to feel this way? Um, no. I would say you're not wrong to feel that way, uh, especially if you've done nothing to suggest or to intimate or to, you know, to, to, to put forward the idea at all uh, that you've been unfaithful or that he has any reason uh, not to trust you. But sometimes you have to remember that how a person, how another person reacts to a situation uh, sometimes has nothing to do with you or what you've done or haven't done. See, I think I would be offended too, but I'm going to invite you not to be totally encumbered by the offense not to be so tripped up by being offended that you are unable to see other aspects of this reality. Because here's the thing. I don't know how much you know about what he's been through. I don't know how much you know about what, uh, what other situations have come up in his past where there were questions, questions of commitment, loyalty, fidelity, um, parental, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You don't necessarily know what he brings to this situation. And so what I would do is to, even though I agree, this is something that would offend most people. In fact, I think it might offend me if I were you. Um, I, but I would really work and struggle and do my best to understand that this is coming from a particular place, especially if I've done nothing to make someone feel as if they couldn't trust me. Um, so I'm going to say something that a lot of people may not agree with. You know, because I, I, I actually know someone who was in a situation like this who asked for my advice. And what I said to them was, just take the DNA test. Just take the test. Just take the test, and then we can deal with the issues and the trauma that made the test necessary afterwards. Because if you want to have a relationship with someone who, who, who happens to be living with these questions, you do yourself no good service to not settle that question quickly so that, then, so that you can move on to the thing that gave birth to the question in the first place. And in the case of the friends that I'm talking about, they took the test, everything turned out to be kosher, as it were, and then they were able to deal with why that test was necessary. You follow what I'm saying? So my advice would be take the DNA test, and then as you acquiesce uh, or assent to taking the test, you also require or ask him to be able to engage in a conversation after the test about why the test was so necessary, why it was important to him, what happened to him that made that test so valuable. Because I think both sides of that coin, both, both points, both uh, parts of that equation are going to give you longevity in this relationship. My point is I don't, want, I don't want something as small as a DNA test to be something that keeps you from having a relationship that might have great longevity, uh, but it will be undermined because you're dealing with someone who's been through something that makes questions of paternity a part of who they are. All right. All right. So you guys sent me another video. I haven't seen this one. Let's take a look at it. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Kendra and I need some advice. How do you tell nosy in-laws to stay out of your business without offending them? Okay, I got a lot of questions about in-laws. And um, what I say to people, uh, whenever people, well, I'm, I'm personally, I'm usually not necessarily worried about offending people. Because I think sometimes when people have crossed the line and they're in your business in such a way, um, your first responsibility isn't their feelings. Your first responsibility is the protection of your boundaries, your borders, and the things that make you feel safe and, and, and form the basis of who you are. Um, so in my case, I just say exactly what I'm feeling, and I say exactly what I need to say to people, but I say it in a way that they can hear it. So if I don't, don't want to give you information, I'm very clear about the fact that I don't want to give you information. And you will know 
although I don't seek to offend people, but you will know immediately that I'm not interested in having that kind of conversation with you and I'm not interested in giving you that information. See, I think more than trying not to offend someone, your first responsibility should be to be clear. Not mean, not confrontational, but clear. So that people understand that you have a limit to how far you're willing to let them go. You follow me? And it's always, it's always a great idea to be able to explain to people where your limits come from, where, why your boundaries are important to you, right? So if you give people the, the, the conclusion without giving them some of the story, they may respond differently. But if you give people more of the narrative to say, look, here's what you don't know about me. I've been through this. I've been through that. I came from this kind of family. This happened to me. I've had to deal with this kind of trauma. So my ability to maintain borders and boundaries and limits is something that I value. See, when you give people the context, they're much more likely to understand why it is a certain way of being in the world is important to you. Now, remember, it's not about just making sure that their feelings aren't hurt because their feelings aren't the only thing that should matter to you. What should matter to you is that they move back across on the other side of that line. In addition to not being violated and hurt and all of that, they need to move back to where it's an appropriate distance for you to feel comfortable and secure about who you are. Good luck with that. I think you'll be fine. Listen, we had a great conversation tonight. Michelle was amazing because she is committed to the proposition of love and finding someone. Just make sure you know what you want, like she does. Make sure you know what you want and why you want it and why it makes sense for you at this stage of your life. If you do that, I think you'll be all right. Thank you for tuning in tonight. I will see you next time. Be amazing. And y'all be good to each other, right? Be kind. And remember, I love you. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. There's an uneasiness growing within today's parents. Questions arise around what our kids are being taught, exposed to, and influenced by. Thankfully, a fully engaged, well-informed parent is a powerful thing. And that's why I support Answers in Genesis, and I would recommend you do as well. Because it's important to remember that the battle for our kids' minds isn't one in the courts or the classrooms. It's one from the safety and comfort of our own home. So be the difference our kids need and visit www.answers.gift today.